Murdoch family has controlled the Low Country region of South Carolina for a century. House head Alec Murdoch is now facing 106 grand jury criminal charges, including the double homicide of his wife and son. This episode breaks down how the family retained so much power in all the charges Alec faces. Unless specifically stated, this episode is alleged since it's based on people's testimonies and reports and has not been proven. This episode contains the most current information as of the morning of January 30th, 2023. Welcome to Uneasy, a podcast hosted by Lexi and Cecilia. This podcast is a collection of research based on haunting and mysterious events that will leave you feeling genuinely uneasy. Discretion is advised. So the Murdoch family is a prominent legal family in the Lowcountry region of South Carolina. From 1920 until 2006, the family had served as a solicitor for the circuit district. And a solicitor is like a district attorney. They're in charge of prosecuting all criminal cases in that jurisdiction. So this Murdoch reign lasted about almost 100 years. Locals even called the five-county district the Murdoch County. That's how far their reign lasted. That is like, they're they're famous. They're like the Kardashians of this South Carolina yes. area. 100%. So one person in the family was a solicitor, and then the rest of the family opened up a law firm. Essentially, all of the family wasn't a lawyer. NPR once called the family one of South Carolina's most prominent legal families at the time. NPR did a thing on them. That's how prominent they were. Wow. So not only are they rich, they're powerful and they have influence. And that is the case in a lot of like old money, long power standing old South families. Yes. This all started with Randolph Murdoch Sr. He was the beginning of the family's legal future. He opened up what is now the family law firm in Hampton, South Carolina, in the early 1900s. So this is just right outside of Charleston, just an hour away. And then he held the solicitor role for 20 years until he randomly died from a train collision that he had with his car. Oh, my God. Yes. That's very so aggressive. Very interesting. Um, there's not a lot of information on it, though, so we'll just leave it at that. And then Randolph Murdoch Sr. was succeeded by Randolph Murdoch Jr., who goes by Buster. So he was a solicitor for the county for, from 1940 to 1986, so 46 years. And the only illegal thing that Buster was accused of is this was around the Prohibition era, so he was indicted by a federal grand jury for allegedly warning a bootlegger to move his bootlegging business into a neighboring county to avoid the police. But he was acquitted from this in 1956. Okay. And then Buster was succeeded by Randolph Murdoch III in 1986. He was the third and last solicitor in the family, and he kept the family line until he retired in 2006. Randolph III has four children, and three of them are boys. And the one that we're going to focus on is Alec. Alec Murdoch was born on, in 1968, and he graduated from the University of South Carolina, USC, in 1990. And then he graduated from USC Law in 1994. 
following his graduation, he followed the family. He joined the family's law firm. At the time, it was the Parker Law Group. And the firm specialized in personal injury litigation. This is very important. Okay. I'll keep a tab open for that. (laughs) Keep a tab. And during his time working at the law firm, he also volunteered under his father at the solicitor's office. He married a woman named Margaret Kennedy, who goes by Maggie, and he had two sons. Richard Alexander Jr., who they call Buster, not to be confused with his granddad, who's also called Buster, and then Paul Terry Murdoch. So they're living the normal, affluent South Carolina life, right? They have so many properties, and everything seems to be going normal. Until... July 8th, 2015, a teenage boy, Stephen Smith, dies. Stephen was a bright young man. He was studying to be a nurse, but he was also openly gay. Okay. So he was a classmate of Buster's, who is Alex's oldest son, but that's kind of where their official relationship ends. And Stefan was found dead on the side of the road from blunt force trauma to his head. He is a couple miles away from his car, and his car's gas cap was open. So the police originally thought that he ran out of gas, and he was walking home. This happened around 2 a.m., and he was sober on this night. So his body was found again on the side of the road, and when police arrived to the scene, they did not think that it was a hit and run, because there was no car debris. His head was the only thing that faced significant injury, and his shoes remained on. Wait, how does his shoes remaining on indicate anything about the crime? So apparently from the physics of the force of someone, like, being hit, their shoes will, like, come off. But, and that's, like, one indicator that people often see with a hit and run. So it showed that, the likelihood of Stefan being hit was very, very unlikely. Okay. After his body was found, he was taken to the coroner's, and when the coroner was going to run his autopsy, the coroner told the highway police that they were not needed because it was not hit and run. And then the coroner's report came out, and his death was ruled a hit and run, which was the first suspicious thing that had happened in this case. So the coroner said that it was a hit and run because there was no gunshot wound and it happened on the road. That just sounds like, where are the medical facts to that, sir? (laughs) They said that it had to be a large truck, including like a semi truck that hit Stefan with their mirror. But again, there were no mirror pieces on the ground, but that was the only thing that would be at the same height as him. But his head was the only thing that had significant injury. So you think that the mirror was just able to bonk him, like, just right? Like, that's just very unrealistic in my mind. Exactly. So his investigation ended up for the supposed hit and run did go cold. But some things that came out of it is that 
Alec did call Stefan's mom and offered to represent the case because it again was a wrongful death lawsuit. So that was not found to be suspicious at first, but a newspaper in the area did start releasing statements that they thought that they were it was a cover-up and there was possibly involvement of one of the members of the Murdoch family. And then another newspaper in the area actually said the case reeked of an insider interference. Interesting. And did they think that because of the very vague coroner's report or just how weird the incident was or... I mean, to immediately point fingers at that family means that there must be, like, some kind of, I don't know, suspicion around them previously. There has been, this is the first death case that has caused such suspicious, like, ties to the Murdoch family. And the only reason I think why people thought that they were involved at first was because they're really the only ones in the area that have the power to cover something up because yes it like if there's to be a conspiracy around a death there rightfully is one around this death because even the police were like there's no way this is a hit and run like it just doesn't make sense like he was attacked and the murdochs are really the only people in the area that have the power and the police force and with the coroners and all of that to possibly cover up a murder if they were to. And then after the newspapers start catching wind of this death, they did start thinking that Alex's oldest son was actually involved. The one, Buster, who was his classmate, they said that Buster and Hit and Stefan were actually having a secret relationship. And that's how the cases were involved. Interesting. So it kind of turned into like a classic um, bigotry Southern case in a way. Yes, very like Southern, afraid to hide, being gay. But that's, that is all alleged and has not been proven. Okay. So on February 2nd, 2018, we see the next death that involves the Murdoch family. Gloria Shatterfield dies. She is a longtime housekeeper of their hunting home. Oh, this you have not a housekeeper conf- for your hunting home. Wow. Yes, this is not to be confused with their regular house. It's where they would go and they would hunt. That's that's like southern bougie to a core right there. It just shows like how wealthy they really were. So Mrs. Murdoch, Maggie, found Gloria on the steps going up into the house and she called 911. Gloria was found to have been fallen on the brick stairs and believed to have been tripped by the family dogs. However, no coroner examined the body. Why? Again, no one knows why. Okay. The story behind Gloria's death really lacks clarity. Alec got there before the first responders got there. And his wife, Maggie, who called 911, says she heard the dogs barking. And then later she said she didn't know what happened to Gloria and how she died. Interesting. So it seems like they're just being kind of jumpy and suspicious about it. Yes. And 
he asked his two Gloria's two sons to sue him so that they could insurance money for the wrongful death of Gloria. Again, this is what he specialized in, and he knew the process behind it. So he sent the two sons to his college roommate, which was also a lawyer. Alex's college roommate represented them. And just when you think that, like, oh, okay, the two sons are going to get compensation for the death of their mother, Alec and his college roommate and another person that worked in the finance to, like, side of things conspired to steal Gloria's $4.3 million insurance policy settlement. What the hell? This was, of course, not known at the time, but the scam worked. By diverting the insurance payout from the sons, like through the lawyer and through forgery and all of that into Alex's account. And then the two sons were not notified that the insurance settlement had occurred. So they thought they were like still waiting on money. That's so messed up. Alex knew this the whole time and that's why he encouraged them to file this wrongful death Oh, yeah. Because this was his plan, like, from the very beginning. So he had all the money transferred through his law firm and a state bank. And again, this was not the first time that this happened. It was one of many, many times that he he had done it so easily so many times before. Mm, so a lot of his money is coming from him being a scam artist. Yes. But no one knows anything because not everyone's trained as a lawyer, so. Right. He's really taking advantage of people who he sees as being lesser than himself because they, A, don't have money that he does. B, doesn't have maybe the education or live the lifestyle that he does either. So that kind of just shows that he really does see himself as superior to other people. Yep. And everything kind of like, again, nothing ha- really happens within the Murdoch family for about a year until February 23rd, 2019. So Paul, Alex's youngest son, had his girlfriend Morgan, a couple Connor and Miley, another couple Anthony and Mallory, come with him to the family's river house. Okay, so we've seen... A hunting house, and now we've seen a river house. The two yes. are different. And of course, yes, and of course they have like a normal house. Okay. Um, so this house is coined Murdoch Island. You can just think about how big it is. You know what I'm picturing in my head? I'm picturing those like really long driveways with like weeping willows from the last song when Miley Cyrus is going to meet like Liam's family in the show, like those huge like plantations. That's what I'm picturing for this family. I would not put it past them. Um, So all the kids are under 21 and they're all meeting up at the Murdoch river house to go to an oyster roast. So Paul Murdoch said that he was going to drive the boat because if they heard there was an alcohol checkpoint on the way to the oyster roast. And again, they're all under 21. 
Paul has been seen on surveillance cameras buying alcohol around 7 p.m. using his brother's ID before they head to the roast and even like boasting about in security cameras walking away, loading in the boat like, yeah, I got alcohol. And he's also seen at a bar after the roast buying two rounds of shots before they got back in the boat. So depositions say everyone at the roast asked Paul not to drive. They knew that he was belligerently drunk. But he insisted that he would be driving home. That's a hard situation to be in. Because especially if they're like your friend. But you like always have the responsibility to try to stop somebody. It's like that's my biggest thing (laughs) is if you can to try to stop somebody from driving, especially when you know. Because if something, God forbid, were to happen, you'll live with that. Around 1 1 a.m., they head back to the boat, and Paul went behind the wheel. But he would leave the wheel from time to time, forcing Connor to take over. Depositions even say that Paul was driving in circles to scare the group. And another person in the friend group, Anthony, even asked Paul if he could get off the boat at a nearby dock, and Paul refused. Paul was so drunk that he was seen fighting with his girlfriend, And one person even stated that he did slap her. Mm. But as deposition state, this was normal for Paul. When he was at this level of drunk, he had a drunk alter ego ego called Timmy. And this was just another Timmy night. So his actions were normal to the group. So on their way home around 2.20 a.m., Connor called 911. He said the boat had crashed into a bridge and one of the girls in the group, Mallory, had been ejected and could not be found. To make matters worse, the boat lights were broken and there was heavy fog everywhere. So police arrived to the scene shortly after and began looking for Mallory. She was not to be found. But when it came to Paul, he was not breathalyzed and police were even seen helping him look for his phone that he had dropped earlier. So he didn't receive any sort of no, he was not treated in a criminal in any sort of way. There is body cam footage and like car footage that shows that he was not given a field sobriety test. He was not taken to jail for booking. He was not even handcuffed. And a lot of outside people have speculated that he received special treatment because of his family connections. Like it sounds exactly like that to me. It's old family names in a small town rain so deep and so rich that you can you can truly get away with so much because yeah, generations and that just of people keeps the cycle going it just continues the cycle because then those kids will stay in that hometown just like the Murdoch family is doing now those those kids will stay in the hometown wreak havoc get married stay there have kids let their kids do it and it just continues and continues and the name just continues to grow more power the longer they stay there yep so after the police came all of the passengers were sent to the hospital and again the search for mallory kept on continuing because they were not able to find her body yet so even paul was sent to the hospital this is where his blood was drawn and even several hours after the crash his blood level was around 2.4, 
which is three times over the legal limit for a 21 year old and he oh is 20 my at the gosh. time that is so high that, that is just shows how reckless high. yeah that's like blackout bad very high blood alcohol content no i'm surprised that he was even able to halfway drive the boat at this time so alex murdoch did come to the hospital of course his son is there but while he was there reports say that he also went into all of the passengers hospital rooms and then a security guard reported that he overheard alex on the phone saying she's gone don't worry what it is this not sounds confirmed. like a movie <laughs> this sounds like like that man is seriously like on top of it it's almost like he's paranoid that like something's gonna take the power away from him so he's going and like controlling every situation yes it is not confirmed what he said in the rooms this is all alleged but there are witnesses saying that he did go into each room so on March 3rd, 2019, just eight days after Mallory was ejected and the search began, she was found five miles dash scene. So unfortunately, she was not found alive. And in April, about a month after she was found, her family filed a wrongful death suit against the Murdoch family. And this is the deposition that we get from all the survivors saying what had happened that night and allowing us to really understand who Paul was in their eyes. So on April 18th, 2019, on what was going to be Mallory's 20th birthday, Paul Murdoch was indicted and charged with three felony counts of voting under the influence. Again, he was three times over the legal limit. And he was also indicted on the death of Mallory Beach and seriously injuring two other passengers. Paul pleaded not guilty to all these charges and was on bond awaiting trial. I'm surprised he was even charged. I'm very surprised he was even charged, to be honest. I'm I'm surprised it wasn't just kind of like swept under the rug. So I think this shows that it took Mallory's family to file a wrongful death suit for him to actually be charged with crimes from the police. Yeah, not the night that it happened. Yep. So while he was on bond awaiting trial, on June 7, 2021, Alec called 911 around 10 p.m. 10 p.m. saying he found his wife's body and Paul's body shot at their hunting house near their dog kennels. Oh, my gosh. The dogs were not harmed, but both were found shot multiple times, each one with a different gun. One of them belonged to the Murdoch family, and then the other gun was unknown. So their deaths actually happened around 9 p.m., and Alex said that he was not guilty and had a rock-solid alibi. He was visiting his ill father and visiting his mother as well, who had dementia. Some believe that Paul was shot as revenge for the death of Mallory, but everyone related to the case handed over dna evidence immediately and cooperated with the police ruling all the people in that lawsuit innocent wow but what 
what is interesting is that by this point in June, Alec and Maggie were actually separated. So Maggie was living at their beach house. And police reports indicate that Alec had called Maggie to meet him at their hunting house. And he proposed the two of them travel together to go see Buster, the oldest, at college. And Maggie didn't want to go to the hunting house and said, like, she wanted to meet Alec in a public place. That's what you do when you're nervous to be alone with someone. She texted a friend saying that Alec sounded fishy and was up to something. But he convinced her to still go to the lodge. He was not found to be a person of interest until October 2021. So months after his wife and son were found shot to death. Interesting. And I just like don't understand the motive behind it. That has not been confirmed even to this day. Um, There has been an agency that came in called SLED with just called South Carolina's League Law Enforcement Division. Um, they stepped in because the town was unable to handle a double homicide, and it's such a high-profile case. So they began looking at what caused this. There's been other speculation as to who killed them, but at this point with this evidence, it does look like it is a lit. So what was supposed to happen on June 10th, 2021 is that a judge was scheduled for a hearing to consider a motion to compel the Murdoch family to turn over their financial information. And Alec's wife, Maggie, had already made arrangements with a forensic accountant to review the family's finances. Just randomly? This was in relation to the death of Mallory, So a judge was already looking at all the information and trying to understand what was going on. But it is interesting to note that Maggie had already seen what was going on with the family finances. And then two days later, two days before the hearing to review the finances, both Maggie and the son that was like causing the hearing died. It's just seeming a little too coincidental to me. Yes. So, again, the charges surrounding Mallory's death were dropped after Paul's death. But what is most interesting is that in June 2021, SLED, which is, again, the Law Enforcement Division for South Carolina, reopened the investigation for Stefan's death based on the evidence found while investigating the death of Alec Murdoch's wife and son. So the kid that was found on the side of the road years prior, his investigation was reopened after the death of Maggie and Paul. So did people think that it was connected in some way? People thought that they died as a revenge killing for Stefan, But that was not proven. It was just really interesting to a lot of people that whatever was found at the crime scene directly correlated to Stefan's death. Yeah, I wonder what 
do we know what was found yet or no? We do not know. So after this happened, so in September, just a couple months after Sled reopened the case, Alec gave broad power of attorney to his son Buster, his last remaining son, his oldest, um, to give him the power to sell and dispose of all his assets, which interestingly enough, he decided to do. He went to Las Vegas and started playing in the casinos right after he was given the power of attorney over all the assets and the money of the family. Okay, why does this man... I'm just trying to wrap my head around, like, you're not... He's not ill. Like, why is he giving away his, like, money and power to his older son? And then I think it's funny that the oldest son just sounds like he doesn't really have any loyalty to like the family name or fortune that he's just gonna go to las vegas and spend all the money that was like really funny and but alleged of course um but it makes you wonder yes why is he giving away the money does he not want it in his name and for what yeah why are you moving stuff around that you seemingly allegedly have fought so hard to keep And this is where it gets really interesting. So on September 3rd, 2021, Alec resigned from the family law firm, the family law firm that's been the family for over 100 years at this point. Um, It is allegedly stated that the firm confronted him over his years of suspected embezzlement. So then, just one day after that happens, Alec was allegedly shot in the head while changing a tire on a rural road. What? He claimed a truck slowed down, shot him, and then drove away. Oh, he's alive. He's alive. Oh, my gosh. Cecilia, I, th- I thought he was shot dead. Oh, so the, the injury must have, like, brazed him. The injury was superficial, and he was even released from the hospital, like, just a little while after it happened. Stitches and was good to go. But his team released a statement saying that he was in the ICU fighting for his life, critical condition. And then it came out that he was already home. So people were like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) And it just caused SLED to investigate him even more. And then two days after he was shot in the head, he released a statement saying that he was entering a rehabilitation center in Orlando, Florida. For an substance abuse treatment, he said that he had been fighting substance abuse almost his whole life. Where is all of this coming from? He is reaching for straws. Every day it's something new with this guy. Yeah. So this is when he also announced that he was voluntarily stepping back from the family law firm. And then the law firm actually released a statement saying later, no, we asked him to leave like... This was not voluntary. Oh, gosh. That says something. It does. Which, rightfully so, because on September 14th, about a week after he announced he was going to a rehabilitation center, Sled announced that Alex's former client, Curtis Edward Smith, which was also a distant cousin of Alex, was going to be charged with the attempted suicide, the assisted suicide, aggravated assault, and battery and assurance fraud in relation to Alec being shot in the head just weeks prior. 
Okay. <laughs> so Curtis had been supplying Alec with oxycodone and had also conspired with him to kill him on the road on a roadside shooting so that Buster could receive a $10 million insurance payout for the death of Alec. So, Alec knew, or Alec was planning his own death by hiring a hitman for himself, who also happened to be his distant cousin, Curtis. And his drug dealer. And his drug dealer. I was trying to wrap my head around all those details. So, basically... He wanted his son Buster to receive his life insurance payout. So yes. he hired a hitman to kill him instead of killing himself. Yes, because he did not think that suicide would allow Buster to receive his payout, which is typically the case. And remember, just a couple of days, like weeks prior, Alec gave his son Buster the power of attorney. So he had been planning this for a short time. That makes sense now. Yeah. So Curtis, the guy that shot Alec, said that he did not want to be a part of it, that Alec threatened him, forced him into it, and he had no other choice, but Slide still continued with the charges against him. And then one day later, Sled announced that they were opening a criminal investigation into the death of Gloria Shatterfield, who was the hunting housemaid. Yes. So during this criminal investigation, the two sons of Gloria filed a civil suit against Alec Murdoch and the Mur- the lawyers that had represented them in the case. Their suit against the three people um, just states that they never received the money that they were supposed to and that there was like a bunch of fraud surrounding the pre the wrongful death lawsuit, which we know to be true. Right. They scammed them out of millions of dollars. After their mother died. So the sons had like always just thought that they never received a payment and had even gone to a judge before asking for the payment and the judges dismissed them because they were like, oh, you have your payment. Like, what are you talking about? Good. That was more than they were supposed to get, right? I think it was four point something originally. So they got a few extra million, which good for them. They got scammed and they deserve that. Yeah. And then Alec was actually charged with two counts, two felonies from the case. And then the embezzlement suit that the sons filed against them did get attention. And then an attorney called an attorney, Justin Bamberg, ended up representing an eight more people that they thought were victimized by Alec Murdo- Murdoch um, while he was serving as their lawyer. 
So the eight more people were being represented in suits against Alec. The attorney that was representing them all believes that there's between 30 and 50 actual victims and that the potential amount stolen could be as high as $20 million. That's a huge scam case. Huge. So on October 14, 2021, about a month after the son's case, Alec was released from his drug rehabilitation center in Orlando, Florida. He was immediately taken into custody by SLED and charged on two felony counts of attaining property by false pretenses, which were related to Gloria's case. So his bail was set at $7 million. Wow. He was somehow unable to pay it, though, and remained in prison. And then after he was charged with his wife and son's death, he was denied bail entirely. So he was eventually charged with killing his wife and son. Yes. He is still being held at the Alvin Glenn Detention Center in Richland County, South Carolina. A month after he was released from the rehab center, on November 1st, 2021, a judge ordered that Murdoch assets be completely frozen. Buster and Alec did try to overturn it, saying they had no money to pay for food, medical insurance, and utilities. Though Alec was in jail at the time, so food is free, but Buster said that he had no money so, for anything. Okay. Let's go get a job. <laughs> like, um, what? <laughs> Alec's assets were then placed into a receivership after they tried, Buster and Alec tried overturning the judge order. And a receivership is when a firm controls all your assets. And this was created because. There was evidence suggesting that the Murdoch family was moving and hiding money to, like, mm. for potential, like, cases. Um, and then 18 days after the judge ordered the suit, the state grand jury issued five indictments against Alec Murdoch on 27 cases of embezzlement and other crimes like breach of trust, fraudulent intent, money laundering, computer crimes, forgery, all the things that were with the wrongful death lawsuits where he was stealing that money. That is so many counts. 27 (laughs) counts of embezzlement? On December 9th, less than a month after, he was charged with an additional 21 counts. Oh my gosh. Yes. So 48 total at this point. And then on January 21st, you can add to that, he was charged with another 23 counts. Wow. Yes. And then on March 16th, he was also indicted again on four new counts. And these are all on embezzlement? Yes, all on defrauding. They're like, it's all related to like the same scheme that he would do, but each charge is of course going to be something different a different case yeah or a different person or business or whatever he was doing yeah a different crime and then on april and april 2022 he was charged with another four counts and this is conspiring with a bank 
all again for the same crime he's he is charged on some of these with the same people that he was conspiring with that assisted him in the case of Gloria's two sons and their lawsuit but this is where it gets interesting on in June 2022 authorities received permission to exhume Gloria's body to continue the investigation of her death and how related to Alec so they're going to go back and do that autopsy or try to, but they didn't yes, do? Yes, they're trying to. Okay. And and then Alec was also charged with an additional two counts that same month, um, and that is for conspiring with Curtis, the person that shot him, to purchase and distribute narcotics using a money laundering scheme involving $2.4 million of stolen money. Oh, my gosh. This is a drug scheme that Alec and Curtis, again, the guy that shot him, was running in their county to acquire and distribute narcotics. And this had started in what is believed to be 2013. It's 2022 at this point. That's a long time. And I'm also just like now piecing together how many different things that Alec had his hands in. This guy is busy. So busy. This, I'm like, when I said this sounds like a movie, this literally sounds like a movie. Each month, he's being charged with upwards of 20 different charges that all involve fraud. He is now being charged with multiple murders and being charged with being a drug dealer. And using the stolen money that he acquired from all these cases to start his drug dealing empire. So he's, yeah, he's committing, he's committing fraud through his day job, through what he's known as, to essentially fuel his, like, hidden job of selling narcotics. He was a, that's a big, like, he's got to be moving weight like that is a lot yeah 2.4 million dollars worth of weight that's a lot and for a very long time and for a very small area so it makes you wonder how many people in this small area became addicted to narcotics right and that's a dangerous business Mm -hmm. and so that kind of pieces together for me the like I don't know the way he was acting of checking in on um his like son's friends who were in the hospital and always having his like hand in situations of showing up before the paramedics and police got there when Gloria died it's giving the same vibes as like a gang like leader or a giving mafia vibes to me like you're trying to control this like huge empire and he got sloppy because it was so like stressful probably and to remember maggie died just days after reviewing the family finances so in july 2022 is when alec Alec was ind- like indicted on the murder of Maggie and Paul 
So again, he went into, it was held by the police in October, on October 14th, 2021. And then in July, he was indicted with these two murders. So he was in jail waiting for bail by the time that he was charged with murder of his wife and son. And then on July 12th, 2022, they issued, the South Carolina Supreme Court issued an official disbarring of Alec from the practice of law in South Carolina. So months after he had been charged with many, many things, um, but at this point he's no longer able to practice law. I don't know if he was going to practice in prison or what. But (laughs) (laughs) where it gets sad is that in August 2022, a sex worker came forward about her experiences with Alec. She stated that she first attended a private party where there was a lot of really affluent people that were doing drugs and Alec was there. She said that her encounter turned into forced sex where he began choking her to the point where she almost blacked out and saw stars. And she had a claw at his arm to escape while being violently penetrated. Oh, my God. That is awful. It's so sad. It makes it even worse that she told her bouncer what had happened to her, and he did not care because of Alec's status in the area. She then goes to state that she had been raped by him three additional times, at least. Oh, my gosh. That just adds to the fact that the status showing that he really did use his status in the area to yeah he did do the things that he wanted to but now sled is investigating these claims um and seeing what if there are any potential charges to be pressed so on august 19th 2022 the grand jury issued a new round of indictments against alec Spencer and Jerry and these are the three people that kind of conspired together that were on Gloria's son's case and so many others. Alec was indicted on nine additional charges related to theft of around $295,000 at this point from the law firm that was his family's. So he was stealing from everyone. Not only clients but also his family at this point. Everyone. And a month later, what is called Forge Consulting Group announced that they were filing a lawsuit against him and the Bank of America because they suffered, and I quote, serious harm to business reputation and credible business from the forgery that Alec and Bank of America committed and the wiring transfer of all of these wrongful death suits. Wow. That was, that's big. That is huge. That's huge for a consulting firm to come out and say that. Mm-hmm. And a month later, there's another case about defrauding and embezzlement that's fired against Alec. And, I mean, December 16th, 2022, Alec was indicted by the grand jury for in- invading nearly half a million dollars of income tax. What was he was doing everything illegal in his life that he could literally it fraud. doesn't stop it doesn't stop like tax fraud and literally selling drugs murdering family members like he is like the ultimate criminal I feel like he did use his family's law firm as part of this 
tax income invasion like scheme and that was part of the reason why he was fired so as of now alec faces a total of 106 grand jury criminal charges wow that's so many i was trying to keep count while you were going through them (laughs) and i lost count but that sounds about right (laughs) this includes financial fraud drugs and murder he has three charges from the Hampton County Grand Jury, four charges from the Colton County Grand Jury, 99 charges from the State Grand Jury. He's also defended in three separate lawsuits. He has been disbarred. His assets have been seized. And he's currently incarcerated. In total, the indictments indicate that he may have stolen $8,789,447.77. From more than a dozen people. And these crimes go back to at least 2011. Wow. For over a decade, this man has been busy. On January 10th, 2023, the family of Mallory Beach had reached a settlement with Buster, Alex's oldest son, and the state of Maggie Murdoch. The settlement over Mallory's death has not been finalized, and there will be a hearing June 19th to discuss the final agreement. In the final update for this episode, as of January 30th, 2023, before today's court hearings, the first week of Alex's trial for the murder of his wife and son has concluded, and we too will begin. On January 25th, 2023 the jury was selected and witness testimony introduced the state's claim that a family weapon was used in at least one of the june 7th 2021 murders alec's timeline of his whereabouts the day of the double homicide has come into question and the 911 call was addressed as well as what agency led the investigation current evidence the state has produced is the 911 call of alec and on the night of the murder statements and the video body camera footage from the responding officers Three recorded statements Alec gave to law enforcement and ballistics evidence that shows matches from the ammo of the crime scene to other ammo on the property, suggesting that it was in fact a family gun that killed them. Also, GPS location data from Alec Murdoch's vehicle, cell phone data from Alec's phone as well as both of the victim's phone, and a raincoat covered with gunshot residue found in Alec's parents' home and a witness who saw him put it there including gunshot residue on Alec's clothing and the seatbelt of his vehicle. Alec Murdoch's current defense is that he was a loving father and husband that would harm no one. There is no murder weapon that has been found, and there's no witness to the killings. Murdoch was not covered in blood despite the point-blank explosive nature of the bullet impacts, and Alec's team is questioning why it took law enforcement more than a year to charge him with these murders. There is currently a list of 255 possible witnesses the state has published and witness testimonies are supposed to go through February 10th. Stay tuned. Next week on Uneasy, join us as we discuss the inner workings of the infamous cult, Heaven's Gate. We will discuss their beginnings, key beliefs where religion met UFOs, and a mass suicide which took over 30 members. We may never know the influence this cult's leaders had in that decision for their members to take their own lives. Be sure to tune in next week wherever you find your favorite podcast.